Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, if you got a Bible, pull out your Bible. Uh, if I could have uh, the guys help me get that ladder up here real quick. God, we're going to have some fun today. Amen. Be a good day. If you got an e Bible, pull out your e Bible. Way to go, Vanna. Good job. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, we need you. We desire your thoughts, not our thoughts, not earth's thoughts, not man's thoughts. And Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would fill us with heavenly thoughts today and fresh wisdom and perspective. We love you, we praise you, and everybody agrees. Said? Amen. Hey, if you're taking notes, I wanna encourage you to take notes. It's always so good to write down what the God is speaking to you. Um, I know that when I write things down, I remember it, and I remember what God says, and then God can kind of bring you back to that. But if you're taking notes, I want you just to title it Empty, okay? The title is Empty, okay? How many of you have figured this out that you can only drive your car on the brink of empty so long? Anybody ever run out of gas before? Okay. Um, I remember, I don't know why, uh, but I remember growing up, like, running out of gas, like, all the time. Like, anybody else had a family like that, okay? And I'd always think, like, we passed 40 gas stations today. Like, why in the world did we not put gas in our car uh, to get to where we need to go? And so, um, how many of you know this, too, that we are just like a car, okay? We need fuel, okay? And we need fresh fuel uh, to keep going. And, um, and I think this is something that is, um, I don't know, it's just really big in my heart right now. Um, I can feel uh, the tension of the world. Anybody feel the tension of the world and, and you feel um, the chaos of the world? L- let me uh, give you some wonderful perspective. Everything's fine because Jesus is really close, okay? Everything's okay. Everything is really close. The Bible said when this happens and we would see these things happening to look up because our redemption's near, okay? So Jesus is so close, okay? We, I mean, I I know that everybody's watching the news and and we're seeing things that are happening in the Middle East, you know, with the Palestines and and, uh, with Israel. And I mean, we are so close. You can see Russia and Turkey and all these different nations, just as it says in Ezekiel 38, it gives us the nations that would align together the geopolitical time. It is happening right before our eyes. We are seeing these nations come together. They're at the door front of Israel, okay? And so we know that Jesus is soon coming. But in that, something that is really big in my heart right now is this. It's just having the fuel. And the, and the Bible talks about what is, is the fuel. The fuel is the Holy Spirit, okay? It's the oil, okay? So in 
uh, Luke, Jesus tells us a story about 10 bridesmaids, okay? And five of them have enough oil and five of them don't. Meaning what? Five of them, five of them make it to the rapture and five of them are left behind. Why? Because they, five of them didn't have enough oil. They didn't have enough of the Holy Spirit. What is this saying? You didn't have enough fuel, right? You didn't have enough to get to the end, okay? And um, I think as the world in, continues to get intense, it takes more energy. It takes more effort. It takes more passion to live for Jesus. It's not going to get easier to live for Jesus, okay? I hate to say it, okay? I, I will say this. As the world gets darker, we'll get brighter and the church will glow and we will shine for Jesus in a greater way and people will be drawn to Jesus, which I'm totally excited. But it just takes more. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? And so we have to make sure that we are full of the presence of God, that we're full of the Holy Spirit, we're full of oil, and that we're full of fuel for this season in time. Amen? Okay. Um, so today, I want to talk about um, having fuel, but I also want to talk about kind of this perspective of things in life that kind of strip us of, of the energy that we need to pursue Jesus when things are not in the correct order. So we're going to talk about life today. Is that cool? We're just going to break down life um, in, a, in a big way, okay? So... Um, I have this ladder here, okay? And, you know, obviously there's different tiers. And so we're going to talk about some different areas of our life that are all important, okay? Because here's the deal. This is one thing that really frustrated me growing up in church. How many of you grew up in church? Okay, you spent a good, amen, okay. One of the things that frustrated me in church was I felt like my everyday life didn't matter. Amen? Okay. It, it just felt like um, just normal things, like your job, your career, your health, like all these things. It just felt like all these things really didn't matter. It was kind of like pushed to the side. And I never felt like that was the truth. I felt like God wanted to invade every part of our lives, that God wanted to have us have perspective of every part of our life. So like, like for instance, like things like this, okay? I have a little goodie bag here uh, today, okay? Things like this, okay? Like, like your health, okay? Um, how many of you know that your health is important, okay? It, and I think I'm coming to a place in life where I'm realizing like how important it really is, okay? I think like when you're young, you're just like, I'm gonna live forever, you know what I mean? And you just gotta treat your body however. And then you start getting older, and I'm not super old in Jesus' name, but you get older and you start realizing like, wow, things slow down, things hurt. Um, I was playing basketball with Michael and his team the other day, and there was this kid, and he was just annoying me. And I was like, I'm gonna beat him right now. I'm just gonna like beat him so bad right now. And I like pushed off really hard and like something popped in my hip. And I was like, why God? I, and I mean, like, I'm like, I took my Apple watch, I like threw it over to the side. And I'm like, I hate getting old, you know? And so I'm, I'm learning that like my body is important. I'm learning stuff like, like I have this bottle. This is 
B-complex. Can we give it up for B-complex? So I'm learning stuff like that my immune system is really important. Your immune system is really important. And so like uh, it was probably seven, eight months ago, I started really diving into the immune system and like finding out like that there's really not a cold and flu season. There's really a D vitamin deficiency season and that our immune systems are deficient and that if we can build our immune systems that we can have life throughout the whole year. And I was like, wow, why did I learn that in high school? Like somebody should have taught us that, okay? So we have things like, you know, um, like our health, you know, I actually, look at this Bowflex weights. I bought some weights. I'm like, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to try in Jesus name. Okay. I'm going to give it, I'm going to, I'm going to give it my, uh, my best effort. So we have things like, um, we have things like physical. Okay. Um, how many of you know that, um, your mental and emotional health is important? Okay, it really is. And, and one of the things with, with that is like getting the right amount of sleep. And I am, y'all need to just to pray for me. I'm just, I'm terrible. I'm terrible at sleep. I don't know what it is. I don't know what happens like around 11 o'clock. I'm just like, let's go. Let's, you know, like I, I, something like awakens in me. And then I find myself at like 2.30 and I'm like, why am I awake? You know, um, but Rest is important. Uh, like I brought, I brought my Mickey with me, okay? Because vacation's important, amen. Okay, having a break is, you know, is something that is super, super uh, important. I'm like, no, I'll put him up here. We'll put Mickey up there, okay? So, um, personal time, rest. You know, how many of you just enjoy cutting the grass? You're just like, my brain shuts off. I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I think it's the sound of the mower, okay? It's just that vibration, too. I'm like, I'm cutting the grass, you know? And I just kind of just, you know, my brain shuts off. I, I enjoy that every once in a while, okay? Um, how many of you know that um, our marriages, for everybody who's married, and I know everybody who isn't married, they want to get married, okay? And it'll happen, I promise you, in Jesus' name. I was so excited for Anna last night. What a beautiful picture of trusting the Lord. I mean, she's been trusting the Lord for 30 years, got married last night, so excited for her. But, but marriage is important, right? Okay, having um, marriage or even relationships, okay? Having good, healthy relationships are important uh, in life. It really, really is. Yes, I did it. We did it. Okay. Um, how about this? How about how about love? Okay. Um, I brought this picture. This is like my favorite picture of Jessica. It's when we were dating. Okay. And I don't know why she doesn't like this picture, but I love this picture. And I love spending time with her. Okay. How many of you know that your love languages are important? Okay. It, it's really important. And and. How many of you know that sometimes you can feel like your love language is not being met and it can just feel like broke inside? Or sometimes it's really being met. And when it really is being met, you feel like, you know, it's kind of like you feel like the king of the world, okay? And so um, we know that love, love in this world really matters, okay? Um, how many of you know this? That, that money matters. It, it, 
listen, we don't worship money, okay? Um, money is not our God. Um, it's nothing that we're lifting up on high. Uh, but we also know this, that if we don't have money, it's hard to do much in life, right? And if we're in debt, it makes life really, really difficult. And so um, we know that, that money can matter uh, in life. Um, we know this, that um, kids, okay, I brought this. This is from Luke's kindergarten graduation the other night, okay? It was awesome. He was super cute. Um, um, we're super blessed. Uh, he goes to an awesome Christian school. Can I just give a shout out to Lebanon Christian? If you're looking for a great Christian school, look up Lebanon Christian. They are amazing, amazing school. And, um, and so, you know, but how many of you know that like, like kids, life with kids is just, it's just crazy. It's like a, it's like a tornado that's just like swirling crazy. And it's just like a, you know, just trying to keep life, um, life going sometimes, you know what I mean? And, um, and it can get big. How many of you know that like sports with kids is a big deal, right? How many of you have kids that play sports, okay? Right, like you're just like a taxi service, you know what I mean? You might as well become your own Uber and pay yourself, okay? Just for everywhere that you're taking your kids um, all the time. And so that's a, that's a huge, huge part of life. But how many know this, that uh, your job, your, your job and your career. Think about how much time you spend at your job. If you really think about it. Like, you spend a lot of time uh, at your job, in your career, you know, putting effort. How many of you just want to burn the emails of the world? Like, all the emails. Like, like, every email of the world. Like, if we could go back in time in, like, a time machine, and whoever created email would just be like, Stop! I bind you in the name of Jesus to never create this, this thing called, called email, okay? And so we have all these different things in life, okay? But then we also have the Lord. I mean, that's why we're here today, right? And, and so we have the Lord and we have time that we need to spend with him, learning, understanding, and so all these, all these areas of life all matter. Amen? Okay. Now, how many of you have figured this out in life? That if one of these areas of life is running on empty, it kind of messes up everything. And nothing's sustainable. And it feels like life just doesn't work well, right? And you learn um, in life that, you know, you may be able to sustain for a season on empty, but eventually something's going to break, right? Life's going to fall apart, and, and you're not going to be able to sustain very long, okay? Um, let me show you a couple of verses, okay? Galatians chapter 6. Verse seven, God will never be mocked for what you plant, what you plant. Anybody ever planted anything before? Okay. How many of you know, like if I plant an apple seed for an apple tree, I'm just not getting an orange. 
right? No matter how hard you pray, and I know like some of you are like, but God says like if I have faith, I can move the mountains, you know what I mean? I'm sorry, if you plant an apple seed, you're getting an apple tree, okay? So it says whatever you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. Verse eight, the harvest reveals the seed that you plant. If you plant corrupt seed, okay? If you plant corrupt seed of what? Self-life, meaning what? Selfishness. This is what the world plants day in and day out. Whatever my heart feels, whatever I want at the moment, whatever I want to do at that very second, isn't it all crazy? It's just crazy how the world's becoming like, almost like becoming like second by second. Like things change, emotions change, and they just live selfishly in this natural realm. It says this, then you can accept, expect a harvest of corruption. But if you plant good seed of the spirit life, the life of God, you will reap beautiful fruits. Beautiful fruits. What? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. These beautiful things that God wants to grow in our lives that will grow for everlasting life. This is what it says, okay? Romans chapter 12, verse two, it says this. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of culture around you. Can I get a big amen? No, no, like a big amen, like amen, okay? Right? We could go home right there. You know what's interesting about the Old Testament? Anytime God's people got wrapped up in culture, what would God say? He would say this, this is an unpure mixture. And God would go, I can't have anything to do with this. We got to be really, really careful. And we have to really be on guard, especially parents. Parents, if you have kids, you have to be so careful right now that you understand culture, that you understand the opinions of the world. You cannot tune out right now. You have to understand, and we have to be really careful about how much we're letting in, right? Okay, so my aunt, it would drive me nuts. My aunt, we would be in the car, and I remember one time uh, we were talking, and she said this to me. She said, Jeff, I can just look into your eyes and know how you're doing with the Lord. And I was like, that's like voodoo. What are you doing? You can't do that. And, and she goes, no, let me explain to you. She goes, because your eyes are a portal to your soul. And she said, what you're letting in will eventually come out, and I can see it in you. And so I'd always like be around her. I'd always be like this. I don't want to look at you, you know? Listen, what we're letting in, okay? We got to be really, really careful because how many of you realize that the enemy is really good at spin and he's really good at making things that are not aligned with God's purposes and plan sound like actual love, but it's actually not love. Like there are commercials sometimes and I'm like, man, the enemy is so good at crafting these commercials. He's so good at crafting his opinion. So stop imitating, 
So what does that mean? To not be like that. To have nothing to do with it. The ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, okay? But it says this, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. That means this, that there has to be this running dialogue with the Holy Spirit going, what's your thought about that commercial, God? What's your thought about that opinion that I heard at work today? God, what's your thought about that ideal? Lord, I need your wisdom to understand these things, okay? And then it says this, a total reformation of how you think, okay? And this will, this is my favorite part. It says, this will empower you to discern God's will, God's will for your life, meaning this, that you have this inner discernment where God goes, no, uh-uh, I don't want you going there. Right? Like, it, it might be okay sometimes for the Holy Spirit to go, nope, I don't want you to go to that work party. And you go, I don't really know why, but Lord, you're giving me a discernment that that's not where you want me right now. And I want to be where you want me, Lord. And I need a discernment of what's right for my life. Just because it's right for everybody else's life doesn't mean it's right for your life. Amen? Like, develop your own internal system with the Lord where you go, Lord, can I just say this too? Like, there's even sometimes where, like, believers do something and we look at other believers and we think, well, they do that, so it's got to be all right for me. That's not always the truth. The Lord knows you. He knows you exactly. He knows how you're wired. He knows how you think. And he will guide you with his discernment through the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, so what is the enemy's plan in life? Okay? The enemy's plan is to do what? To deceive us in every area of our life. Right? And this word deceive means this. Okay? It means false picture. You get that? So if you look up the word uh, deceive, it means false picture. It also means this, to be unfaithful to one's spouse. Okay, these are the two definitions. So the enemy wants what? He wants to give you a false picture of every area of life. He wants to give you his perspective, his picture, okay? The other thing is this, he wants you to what? To become unfaithful. The Bible says the bride is who? Somebody help me. Church, right? That's us. That's us sitting in this room, okay? So the Bible says that we are the bride. And we are doing what? We are preparing for who? Somebody tell me. Jesus, who? The bridegroom, okay? We're going to have a marriage with the Lord, okay? Marriage. Not I like you, okay? Not like I like hanging out with you and then whatever comes next that's better and looks better and is more fun, I'm gonna go hang out with this, okay? Marriage. And just so we all clearly understand, and I don't wanna bring any guilt or shame to anybody who's ever gone through a divorce because I understand I had family members have gone through divorces and God has healed and restored those, but I can tell you God's original intent is always what? To be married to that person, that one person forever, okay? 
That's God's original intent. So we are called to what? Be in marriage with the Lord. Meaning what? Total submission to him. He's the bridegroom. We're the bride. Okay? So the enemy's desire for our life is to what? To get us to be unfaithful to Jesus because he wants us to chase all of this. Right? He wants us to chase, like, if I can just get enough exercise, if I can just get my body right, if I can make enough money, if we can have enough vacation, if I can climb the ladder of success with my job, if I can chase these things and I can have more of these things, false picture, I'll become complete. And what happens? We end up becoming what? Unfaithful to the Lord. And let me say this. This happens in the church all the time. Okay? <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I'm, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, okay? But how many of you remember what it was like when you first met Jesus? Right? Like when you first met Jesus, when you first fell in love with Jesus, the first time like you were in worship, the first time that you, you know, read a passage of the word and it became real and alive to you. Remember like that first and you were like so excited. You were so, you know, just on fire for Jesus and you wanted to tell the world. And then what happens like 10 years into it and you're just like showing up every Sunday? Why? The enemy is really good at subtly deceiving us to care about things of this life more than Jesus real quick. And we don't even understand that it's happening sometimes, right? So how do we, how do we deal with this, okay? Uh, go with me to Genesis, Genesis chapter four. And I'm gonna teach you a law that God established from the very beginning of time, okay, that will keep our hearts right, keep our focus correct, and keep us in line with what God wants for us. Genesis chapter four, we're gonna look at verse two, we're gonna go down through verse seven. It says this, okay? Later, meaning Eve, she gave birth to his brother named Abel, the story of Cain and Abel, okay? Verse three, when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops. If you have a Bible or you have something to underline, underline that. Some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Verse four, Abel also brought his gifts. Now underline this part. The best portion of the firstborn lambs of his flock. The best portion. So we have some of his crops and then we have what? The best portion, Okay. Verse four, it goes on to say this. The Lord accepted Abel's gift, verse five, but he did not accept Cain's gifts. This made Cain very angry and looked dejected. I would be upset. Would you? Okay. Verse seven. The Lord responds to him, responds to Cain, and he goes, you will be accepted if you do what is right. Can we just like pause there for a second, okay? You will never be disappointed obeying Jesus. 
like ever. I, I, and I know that like our flesh and our natural desire is to not be obedient, but you will never be disappointed. So he says, verse seven, you will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, God says what? Watch out. Watch out. He's giving him a warning. He's giving us a warning. God's giving us a warning in this life. He says, watch out. Sin is crouching at the door to do what? Eager to do what? To control you, right? We're all, we're all fighting right now in some way, shape, or form. We're like the government's trying to control us, right? Think about how angry we get about that. Could you imagine if we got angry with the devil? Could we imagine if we went, man, I am tired of him controlling me about money. I'm tired of him controlling me with fear. I'm tired of him controlling me with my job. I'm tired of the enemy trying to control my thoughts and my heart and my opinion and my passions. That's what the Lord says. He's eager to control you. But it goes on and says this, but you must subdue it and become its master. So Jesus dies on the cross to give us what? Victory in life so that we can overcome in this life. Yes, I love the grace of God. Yes, I love the mercy of God. Yes, I love that Jesus died for our sins. Yes, I love that if I follow him, I'm going to heaven. But he also died so that I could have victory over these things in my life. So that I didn't live by sin's control. So two truths. First one is this. First one is this. Write this down. The law of first. The law first. Verse four, Abel, Abel brought his gifts. The best portion of the firstborn. What is God showing us? He's showing us a law that God has established from the beginning of time. It's called the law of first, meaning this, that Jesus is first in everything. I had like four amens. Four of them were like, yes, I believe that. And the rest are like, ooh. I don't know if I want to believe that, okay? Jesus is first in everything, okay? Thank you, thank you. So he's first in my health. He's first in my love. He's first in my marriage. He's first in my finances. He's first in, you know, raising my kids. He's first with vacation. He's first in everything. Every area of my life, he becomes first, right? This is why the tithe is first. And I didn't make it up, okay? I know you guys get mad at me, but I didn't make it up. But God goes, I need to be first. It needs to come first. He goes, this is the law. And what is God telling us? If you really trust me, because I can boil your relationship with God down to one word, trust. It's all about trust. You either trust him or you don't trust him. 
okay? And if you trust him, then bringing the best to him first is no big deal. Why? Because I believe that God is good. Fundamental truth, God is good. And he wants the best. He wants the best for every area of this life, okay? Now, are you going to have a perfect life with no rain and no storms? No. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. All I know is this. I would rather have Jesus going through the hard times. Okay? But he wants all the areas of your life to be blessed. Now, here's the problem. It's the priority system. Okay? So, for most of us, we have some kind of order of the priority system, but the reality is this, that the Jesus portion, the Word of God portion, the spending time with Jesus portion is probably not up here, okay? Now, let me show you something, okay? Let me take our job and put our job down here, okay? Let's put, let's put Jesus up there, okay? How many of you have ever been to a mountain before? Okay. How many of you know that whatever's at the top of the mountain, it flows down, right? Okay. So um, there's a story um, about this village, and everybody in the village was getting sick. Everybody was getting sick. And they couldn't figure out why everybody was getting sick. And they brought in the specialists, and the specialist said, I want to go to the top of the mountain. And I said, why do you care about what's at the top of the mountain? He goes, because that's where the water starts. And so they went to the top of the mountain. What did they find at the top of the mountain? They found a dead pig in the water. A decaying, dead pig. What's happening? The decay is flowing from the top all the way down. Right? And then people are drinking the water. And then they're doing what? They're getting sick. So this works when the law of first, when Jesus is first, when the word of God is first, when his perspectives are first, what happens? It flows down into every area of my life. His wisdom, his understanding, his revelation, it all flows down, right? So here's a Two questions I need you to ask yourself. Number one is this. Does God get first? Is God first in our home? This is a big question. Is he first? Like first, like number one. Do my kids understand that God is first? Do my kids understand that his word is first? Do we have a belief system that he is first and what he says is first? Because what he says does not match with culture right now. And I know it doesn't fit. And I know it's really hard. And I get it that it's really hard. I understand it. Listen, can I just say something? I've had really great homosexual friends. I love these people. Like, they're good friends. Like, I'm still good friends with them. 
but they know 100% that I believe that they are not living the life that God intended for them. Right? And I, it's hard. I get it. Life is not simple right now. And I totally understand that. But I believe that Jesus is first. And I believe that he is first in every area of my life. No matter even if culture or even my own emotions are telling me something different. Right? Do you know your heart will lead you in the wrong direction sometimes? Your heart is corrupt sometimes? So the question is, does God get my first? Okay? The next question is this. Is culture's perspective or Jesus' perspective reigning in my life? Right now, which perspective is the dominant voice in my life right now? Is it the Holy Spirit or is it culture? Okay? Because here's the deal. God has a plan for every area of this of this ladder, okay? And then he will do what? He'll reprioritize things. Like for instance, I put Mickey at the top, okay? Now, I'm really excited to see Mickey this summer, okay? <laughs> really excited, okay? Can't, can't wait to see him, okay? And I know that you're probably not supposed to touch him, but I'm gonna hug him and they might throw me out of Disney World, okay? <laughs> and I don't care, okay? I think a lot of us will go, yeah, you know, vacation, money, sports, education, they're probably at the top. But God would go, no, your marriage should be at the top, right? It should be Jesus and then your marriage, okay? And then what comes after your marriage. It's probably not sports, even though I love sports, right? And I love watching sports, and I love watching my kids play sports, and I love, you know, doing sports. It probably isn't even, like, the third thing. It's probably somewhere down here, you know what I mean? And to be honest, like, your job, you know what I mean, may come next, you know what I mean? Because, listen, do you know that God created us to work? Work's not bad. Like, I'm thankful. Like, send everybody back to work in Jesus' name, okay? You get a sense of pride when you work. God's given you different talents. I love looking through this room right now and seeing all the different talents in this room, okay? I brag on all of you all the time, okay? I have this neighbor, and my neighbor says the number one thing that I say is, I know somebody in my church. She's like, you know a thousand people have a thousand different skills. And I'm like, yes, I do. And I love them all, and I love that God created them all differently, and God's given them all different types of you know, skills and different you know, passions and desires. And so God, God will start doing what? He'll start rearranging things. He'll start going, hey, I want you to know that you can live in confidence if you build your immune system, right? Let me show you this picture, okay? Put up that picture, okay? Amen. Do you see that? Okay. This is every night of my life. Okay. Every night of my life. Okay. 
Listen, there are nights that I'll get home super, super late, and I'm just ready. How many of you just get home sometimes? You're like, I'm going to fall asleep as I'm walking to the bed right now, okay? You're like, I'm going to walk. I will not, not take this every night, okay? Why? Because I'm so focused on building my immune system. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit told me last fall. It's something he revealed to me. He said, hey, I want you to build your immune system. And guess what happens? All of a sudden, I start having more energy, right? The Lord started talking to me about walking. Jess started walking uh, last summer and fall. So she walks like anywhere from 10,000 to 15,000 steps a day. I don't know if you've ever tried to get that many steps. It's actually really hard to get that many steps. But the Lord started speaking to me that. Why? Because he needs Pastor Jeff healthy for the long haul, right? Not for just this moment, but for when it's 10 years from now, when it's 15 years from now, when it's 20 years from now, right? Like he desires for it. So God has what? He has, he has perspective on everything. Like, okay, put up that picture of Luke, okay? Look at that kid, okay? That, that's a good day, okay? Does God care about that day? Yes, he does. He really, really cares about that day, okay? All right? And he wants you to experience moments like that. But what does God know, okay? Oh, there it is, okay? What does God know? God knows that these days will never happen if what? If this doesn't get right, right? I mean, you might put it on a credit card and pay four times more for it, and God bless you if you do. But God goes, I want to teach you how to have a budget. I know it's a terrible word. It's just an awful word, okay? God goes, hey, if you put me first, if you put me first, you know what uh, Pastor Robert Morris says? He says this. He says, every time you get paid, you're taking a test. Every time you get paid. You either trust the Lord or you trust yourself. And you're telling Jesus every time you get paid, either I trust me or I trust you. And he goes, I will bring more of this to you if you'll trust me. And you won't be controlled by this. And you won't worry about this. And you won't fear this if what? If you let me have control. See, God goes, I want to deal with everything in your life. Okay, like, all right, let's take like... Um, my kids' sports, right? I love sports. I love my kids playing sports, okay? But just to be completely honest, one of the things that we've decided is this. Our boys don't play sports on Sundays because we have this belief system. Church is first. So I either grow up our kids teaching them to worship sports, and I've said this before, and listen, I love all of your kids. I love my kids. But your kids aren't going to play in the pros, okay? And if they do, I'll become best friends with you, okay? And I will be your kid's biggest cheerleader, and they will give me free tickets someday to when they're in the pros, okay? But come on, right? Let's stop treating our kids sometimes like professional athletes because that's what the world wants right now. They want your 10-year-old to live like a professional athlete. Why? Because the enemy wants to deceive them. 
Well, I was a youth pastor for 18 years. Do you know how many times kids called me up when the ride was over? And this is what they would say to me. They would go, I don't know who I am. All I've ever done is play sports. All I've ever done is played basketball. All I've ever done is played baseball. I grew up my whole life playing baseball. Every weekend we played baseball. Every weekend we traveled. And now it's over and I don't know who I am. I, I can't tell you how many of those conversations I've had. Why? Because the enemy deceives us. Teaches us what's supposedly the most important thing. Right? The second truth is this. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Is this. The enemy, he wants to control all of this. Right? So Jesus said what? I want to make you the head and not the tail. But what is the enemy known? Is this, if you're the tail, right? If you have no control in your life and life has you by the tail. How many of you have ever been there before where life is controlling you, right? Like money is controlling you, you know, uh, a bad marriage is controlling you. All these different things are controlling. The enemy knows this. If I can have them as the tail, I'll just get them to continually chase these things, right? You'll just continually chase and chase and chase. You'll chase more money. You'll chase, you know, this is a big thing in the earth right now. Like, I just need more me time. I understand me time and I believe in rest. Like, Like, I think one thing that like I hate right now is that we don't honor the Sabbath or we don't have a Sabbath day. We need a Sabbath day. We need a time that we can just shut down. We need a time that's just you and your family. You need a time where you can sit at the dinner table. Like me and Jess are fighting for this more and more, like a Sabbath day, okay? Jesus wants to be the master. And let me show you this. John chapter 16, verse 13. When the Spirit comes, He will reveal every truth within you. Okay? So that leads to what? So the Holy Spirit comes, He reveals understanding and truth, and it leads to what? Second Chronicles chapter 3, verse 17. It says this. Now where the Lord is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, okay, there is liberty from what? Bondage where the Spirit of the Lord is. So wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, if the Lord is first, the Holy Spirit's talking to us, then what happens? The Lord comes and He gives you fresh perspective about your job. And you don't live in bondage. Amen? The Holy Spirit comes and He gives you fresh perspective on your marriage helps you to understand how to honor your spouse, how to put them first, how to know your spouse's love language, how to take them on a date. I know I talk about date night all the time, but I can tell you that most of your issues in your marriage can be resolved by a regular date night. I promise you. Can I just say this to all of the moms who freak out having their kids be watched by somebody else. 
I promise you they won't die. They won't die. It's okay. Let go. Let an aunt, an uncle, a grandma, somebody pay somebody. I promise you, you might have a messy house when you get back, but you'll come back refreshed because you spent quality time with your spouse. See, the Holy Spirit, can I just tell you something? Nobody ever taught me anything growing up. Nobody taught me about money. Nobody taught me about debt. Nobody taught me about date nights. Nobody taught me, you know, about, you know, healthy perspective on career. Nobody taught me, you know, about, you know, spending time on vacation with my kids. Nobody taught me anything growing up. And then I just walked into my marriage and you're like in the dark trying to feel your way through. Any of you ever felt that way before? Thank you, Dave. You're going to heaven. Everybody else is in, okay? You are, because you really love Jesus. You're the only honest one, okay? We're still trying to find our way sometimes, right? But that's the Lord's job, the Holy Spirit's job, to give you fresh perspective on all these areas of life as long as what? Jesus is first. If you leave with anything today, you leave with this understanding. If Jesus is first, guess what? He can fix everything. He can fix it all. I had messed up perspectives about money. I had messed up perspectives about marriage. I had messed up perspectives about raising kids. I had messed up perspectives about everything in my life. And guess what happens? When Jesus is first and the Holy Spirit's in you, he can fix it all. As long as Jesus is first. Amen? Why don't you stand up this morning? you close your eyes. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus for fresh perspective in areas of our life that you're not first, that you don't have lordship, that you're not reigning and ruling in our minds and our hearts. Father, forgive us for allowing the enemy to deceive us, to run his plans, his perspectives, his vision for our lives. I can just feel the grace of God right now. And he goes, it's okay. It's all right, he's not mad at you. God's not frustrated at you. I can feel his grace going, my grace covers everything, a multitude of sins and wrong perspectives, and I can feel his love for everyone. And he goes, there's grace, there's grace. But I can feel him challenging, going, Make me first in your marriage. Make me first in your finances. Make me first in your life. 
Don't worship education. Don't worship, you know, raising your kids. Don't worship, worship me. Make me first. Make me first. I feel the Lord saying, I'll take the crooked, windy, crazy places of your life and I'll make those roads straight and I'll give you fresh perspective and understanding if you'll lean into me and make me first. Make me first in your day. Follow me. Chase me. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your wisdom, your grace, and your understanding. Lord, we ask, God, as we're driving this week, as we're drinking a cup of coffee, as we're getting ready or going to bed, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, that you would invade our days, that you would invade our thoughts, you would invade our hearts, that you would give us just real, real fresh perspective about this life that we live. We thank you that John 10, 10 says that the, the enemy's desire is to steal, kill, and destroy, but your desire is to give us life in the abundant. So I bless marriages, I bless people's finances, I bless their children, I bless their job, I bless their future. We plead the blood of Jesus upon every individual, every family, every marriage in Elevate Church. We bind every weapon formed against them and we release God's goodness and favor, blessing, clarity, and direction. We thank you that we are the head and not the tail, all because of you, Jesus. We worship you, we honor you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody agrees, said? Come on, give it up for God's word today, for his truth. Hi, we love you, enjoy this beautiful, beautiful day. We will see you next Sunday, we love you.